0: Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little, and I'm here today with the 49th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. And in today's episode, I'm going to be showing you a scenario where I make what I think is a very standard fold. But after talking to a few amateur players about this, they think that this fold is blatantly crazy. And I'm going to show you my opponent's hands throughout this hand. As you can see, my two opponents, the one in the hijack seat has pocket sixes, the one in the small blind has pocket nines. Um, this is a spot where I want to show you their hands, but at the same time, you have to recognize that I cannot see their cards, and I have to assume a range. But even against a range, you'll find that my hand is not in great shape. So we are playing 800-1600 with a 200 ante. I'm under the gun with 220,000 chips, which is a lot, over 100 big blinds. And my opponents, a tight passive guy in the hijack seat, has 80,000 chips, so roughly 70 big blinds. And a good tight aggressive kid... And the small blind has 160,000 chips, so 100 big blinds. So we're effectively playing 100 big blind, 75 big blind deep, give or take a little bit. So ace-queen suited under the gun, I'm definitely raising. And I think that there is no other real option. I make it 3,800, which is pretty much my standard, unless the stacks are really deep. I usually do about two big blinds and change. I I could see bet raising a little bit larger, but I imagine a lot of the other players at the table were shorter. So anyways, ace-queen suited under the gun, I'm raising every time. Tight passive guy in the hijack seat calls. Him being tight passive is actually very relevant, but you'll see in this hand, it actually does not matter too much. The good tight aggressive kid calls with pocket nines in the small blind, which I think is a great play. I think a lot of amateurs look at this pocket nines hand and think, oh my God, you have to three bat. I mean, your opponents are going to outflop you. <laughs> but you have to realize that facing an under the gun raise, you really do not want to be applying pressure from out of position in the first place with anything, and also not with a hand that has pretty good implied odds. So I like... Both of these calls by my opponents. I think both of those are very good and standard. So the flop comes queen, nine, six, with two spades, one diamond. And I... uh, The the player in the... So the flop comes queen, nine, six, and the player in the small blind elects to check. So when he checks, I think I definitely want to be value betting my ace queen. It's fairly likely that I have the best hand at the moment. And also the board is too a little bit draw heavy. Queen nine with two spades on board is not really a board I want to check because notice any spade, any king, queen, well maybe not a queen, any king, any king, jack ten, 987654 pretty much any any of those cards i guess not the 4 and the 3 and the 2 those those are safe cards any of those cards are not or could conceivably be bad for me so i do want to bet in this scenario so i'm going to be betting roughly half pot i think i could even go a little bit larger on a very draw heavy board like this so i bet 7000 and then the tight passive player calls so i'm not too concerned about this call at this point i think the caller usually has a worse queen a 9 or maybe some sort of a draw and I do think type passive players would call with their good draws. I would actually expect most type passive players to raise with sets, as we see my opponent has. He has pocket sixes. So I actually think this is a good play with a set, which may sound a little bit crazy. But if he raises, I should actually fold a lot of the time. I may not get away from ace-queen in this exact spot, but I think that I would be pretty unhappy if he raised. So then... The good, tight, aggressive kid raises to 24000 from the small blind, and he has middle set. So at this point, my hand is in the muck in about half of a second. I thought almost no time making this fold because it seems very standard to me. But again, from talking to a lot of amateur players, they think, oh my god, you had top pair, top kicker. What more do you want? But you have to realize that my opponent's check-raising range in this spot is going to be primarily sets, two-pair, And premium draws. So let's think about how I do against all of those hands, right? Against the sets, I'm crushed. So that's bad. Against two pair, I'm crushed. So that's bad. And against premium draws, I am slightly ahead. So in this situation, let's say he has a premium draw even 60% of the time. And then a premium made hand 40% of the time. If that's the case, 60% of the time I'm marginally happy. And the other 40% of the time, I'm completely demolished. And you're going to find that in that scenario, the risk is definitely not worth the reward. Also, if you take a look at our stack sizes, remember, my opponent started with 100 big blinds. You're going to find that in poker tournaments, most people are not trying to put in 100 big blinds without an extraordinarily strong hand. And when your opponent check raises in this flop, he's clearly setting this up to play a big pot. Also... There's a lot of value in stack preservation in this scenario because I do not want to do anything that risks losing a, a very huge stack that has a ton of equity. I don't know what we started this tournament with, maybe 30,000 chips or so, but if I have 240,000 or 210,000 after I'm losing this pot, that that is a lot of equity. I'm definitely not trying to blow that on any individual hand. So this is a spot where I think even if I had something like pocket aces, I'm going to fold pretty easily. And I'm assuming I'm against that exact range I just told you. I don't think the good tight aggressive kid is bluffing very often at all. And if he is bluffing, it's with jack 10 offsuit, which still has plenty of equity, even against pocket aces. And I think most of his range is going to be good semi-bluffs, like jack 10 of spades or sets or two pair. So my cards hit the muck in about half of a second. As you can see, of course, the players then get the money in. Interesting, this, the tight passive player actually calls with his bottom set. I, I think I would probably go ahead and jam at that point because then you actually have a very good premium hand and you don't mind getting the money in versus this guy's range, which should be draws and two pair. You have to realize when you have pocket sixes, it's way more likely that your opponent has queen nine than pocket nines or pocket queens given he just called small blind preflop. Although I don't think that would be a bad call either. And um, I I think it's a spot where the tight passer guy does want to get it in. But the main takeaway from this hand is that I was sitting here with something like top pair, top kicker, and I made a very easy fold in a spot, mainly to preserve my chip stack to allow me to continue making good plays in the future. And if you told me both of these guys had good draws, obviously I would prefer to get in. But you have to realize that's going to be pretty much the best case scenario for my hand. And if that's the best case scenario – I don't want to get involved. And the worst case scenario is generally what I was looking at right here, although it would be even worse if one guy had Jack 10 of spades and the other guy had pocket 9s. I'm drawing pretty much dead. So I ended up getting out of the way, saving my stack, and not getting involved. So the way you have to look at these scenarios is sometimes you're going to be getting in and dead, and you're just out (laughs) or down to very few chips. And other times you're flipping, and you don't really want to flip. And obviously if you average those out, you have... 0% 0% equity half the time, 50% equity the other half the time. You have 25% equity on average. And do you want to put your stack in with 25% equity? And the answer to that is certainly no. And this is a topic I do discuss in my best-selling ebook. Actually, it's a physical book now. You can get it at jonathanlittlepokercom slash strategies. It's called Strategies for Beating Small Stakes Poker Tournaments. And since I released it, it has been the best seller on Amazon. So I am very happy about that. And thank you all very much for making that happen. Be sure to check back next week where I will be going through a hand that is very different than this from this one. Next week I'll be going over an extraordinarily junky hand. This week we had a pretty good one where I folded. Next week we're going to have a pretty junky one where I may not fold. So be sure to check back in for next week.